Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Susie Ann. And this is your host, Susie Ann. This is part four of our ornamentation series. I hope you've been finding this enjoyable so far and that you've been learning a lot. What we're talking about today is the history of high heels. Now I know this is a touchy subject, but I really don't care. Women seem to always be touchy about something that is worldly. We're never touchy about the word, but we're always um, touchy about something that is of the world, which really is not going to get us into the kingdom. What we should do as women is humble ourselves and let Yahuwah teach us. In Psalms 25, it says that the meek ones are the ones that Yahuwah will teach. So we need to humble ourselves and let him show us the way to live. Let's not live by our own fleshy desires. So with that said, let's begin. The origin of high heels can be traced all the way back to 10th century Iran. Persian soldiers would wear heels whilst riding horseback as they helped keep their feet secure in the stirrups while they stood up in the saddle to fire their arrows and throw their spears. This trend has translated into popular 21st century cowboy boot. Iran and Europe had a strong relationship when it came to trade, and by the 16th century, high heels had made their way to Europe. They became a much-adored style of footwear for men all over Europe. Again, there was initially a practice purpose as the high-heeled worker as an outer layer to prevent dirt getting on their actual shoes. Although high heels were at this stage a male item of fashion, Italian courtesans began to wear heels to create a sexy androgynous look. They spent their time pleasing and interacting with men, and one of the benefits of being a courtesan was being allowed things that were strictly for men, ranging from books to fashion items. The heels they wore were called choppins and were definitely impractical. Some were up to 10 inches tall, and with those wearing them requiring support from their servants or admirers. Then during the medieval period, both men and women wore platform shoes in order to raise themselves out of the trash and excrement-filled streets. In 1430, choppings were 30 inches, that's 76 centimeters high at times. Venetian law then limited the height to 3 inches. But this regulation was widely ignored. Women did not begin wearing heels until the mid-1500s. The first recorded high heel on a woman 
was worn by Catherine de Medici. She wanted to look taller for her wedding. Previous to this, women had only worn platform shoes. However, other than Catherine de Medici, no one other than Venetian courtesans wore fashion heels. Other than courtesans, fashion heels were at this time for men only. European aristocrats were particularly fond of high heels. They helped men appear taller, which made them look more domineering, and the richer you were, the higher the heel. High heels had become a symbol of wealth, status, and masculinity throughout Europe. Modern high heels were brought to Europe by emissaries of Abbas, the great in the early Amas the Great, sorry, in the early 17th century. Men wore them to imply their upper class status. Only someone who did not have to work could afford both financially and practically to wear such extravagant shoes. One of the most famous historical figures associated with the high heel is King Louis. Why do I never seem to remember Roman numbers? Like, what? Okay, let me see here. It's King Louis, like, what, 15th of France? That's XIV, people. I don't remember, but you probably do. It's Roman numbers of France, right? He is a prime example of what heels meant for men of high status and small stature during the 17th century. In 1670, he passed an edict that stated that only nobility could wear heels. Countless portraits of him show off his beautiful, lavish heels. He had heels made from materials such as velvet and satin and painted in shades of royal blue and deep red. He even had a heel named after him. His love for heels became obsessive as he banned anyone from wearing red heels in his court. He inspired men around him to dress to his standards and men invested in fancy high heels to prove their status and wealth. Louis played a big part in fashion history and inspired one of today's most renowned shoe designers, Christian Louis Vuitton. By the late 17th century, women had also started to wear fashion heels. Men gradually stopped wearing heels around 1730 to 1780 as a reaction against their perceived feminization of the shoes. In Britain in 1770, an act was introduced into the parliament which would have applied to the same penalties as witchcraft to the use of high heels and other cosmetic devices. In the 18th century, around the time of the French Revolution in 1810, the public's views on heels changed drastically. Men and women alike swapped their heel shoes for flats, not wanting any type of association with royalty, even though down to the clothes they wore. Extravagant fashion became a thing of the past for men. Dressing in a far more tailored way became the trend something that is still highly popular in men's fashion today. However, the 19th century saw the return of the heel for women. In her interview with the She Files, 
Elizabeth Semohak, senior curator of the Bada Shoe Museum, notes that heels were becoming suspect for men as Enlightenment concepts of male rationality posited that irrational things such as high heels were better left to women. High heels became increasingly seen as hyper-feminine and also started to become linked to female erotica. The pornographic photographers of the 19th century found that heels made women look sexier, better defining their legs and bums, and thereby leading to more daring, risque photos. Due to technological advances around 1950s, heels could be made thinner and higher, and the stiletto was born. This type of heel became a staple wardrobe piece for many women in the 50s and took over the celebrity world. Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe, two of the most renowned fashion icons around the 50s, helped define the high heel trend for women and is known as the golden age of high heels. Not just for women in Europe, but all over the world. The popularity of the high heel among women in the 50s carried the trend into today's world. There was a weakening of the stiletto style during both the late 1960s through early 1970s with the second wave of feminism. However, in the 80s, celebrities like Madonna began wearing high heels as a fashion statement rather than just to look good for men. This brought heels back into fashion, and the range of high-heeled shoes widened. Also in the 1990s, stilettos suffered when block heels were more prominent, followed by a revival in the 2000s. From practical footwear to impractical fashion items, worn first by men and then by women, going in and out of fashion but never quite disappearing, high heels remain with us today. For now, the connections between femininity irrationality, and fashion, established in 18th century, still remain strongly connected to high heels. Wearing high heels is associated with health risks such as greater risk of falls in the elderly, mus- sorry, let me say this correctly, musculoskeletal pain, developing foot deformities, and developing varicose veins. They hurt our feet, but people just love how they look. The source of this information is coming from um, Emmy Cosgrove from London Runway, Michelle Gabrielle, The Fact Shop. So now we're moving on to part two of this presentation, which are the health risks. We'll be going in more in depth into the health risk of wearing high heels. So let's talk about injury and pain. Wearing high heel shoes is strongly associated with injury, including injury requiring hospital care. There is evidence that high heel wearers fall more often, especially with heels higher than 2.5 centimeters, even if they were not wearing high heels at the time of the, hall, the fall. <laughs> wearing high heels is also associated with musculoskeletal pain as I mentioned before, specifically pain in the paraspinal muscles, muscles that run up the back along the spine, and specifically with heel pain and plantar calluses. 
only woman tested. A 2001 survey conducted by researchers from Pennsylvania State University using 200 women found that 58% of women complained of lower back pain when wearing heels and 55% of women said they felt the worst overall back pain when wearing the highest heel. The researchers explained that as high heel the as the heel height increases, the body is forced to take on an unnatural posture to maintain its center of gravity. This changed position places more pressure and tension on the lower lumbar spine, which explains why the woman complained of severe back pain at a higher heel length. In a 1992 study, researchers from the University of California, Davis and Thomas Jefferson University, wanted to investigate the effects of increased high heel on foot pressure using 45 female participants walking across a pressure plate in various heel heights. A biokinetic software was used to analyze the exact pressure locations on and along each participant's foot. The, the researchers were able to conclude that an increase in heel height led to an increase in pressure beneath each of the metatarsal bones of the foot. Additionally, they found that the highest heel heights caused constant pressure that could not be evenly dispersed across the foot. Plantar flexion of the foot in high heels. That's the next one. In a 2012 study, Kai Yu Ho, Mark Blanchett, and Christopher Powers wanted to determine if heel height increased patellofemoral joint stress during walking. That's patellofemoral joint stress during walking. The patellofemoral joint refers to the junction where the femur and the patella meet. The study consisted of 11 participants wearing tracking and reflective markers as they walked across a 10-meter force-plated walkway in low, medium, and high heels. The study showed that as the height of the heel increased, the ball of the foot experienced an increase in pressure resulting in increased discomfort levels and peak patellofemoral joint stress. The researchers also mentioned that the long-term usage of high heels would lead to repetitive overstress of the joint, which would result in an increase in pain and eventually patellofemoral joint, osteoarthritis, and patellofemoral pain syndrome. In a 2012 study, researchers examined the risk long-time high heel wearers would have in regards to half muscle, facial length, and strain. The control group consisted of women who wore heels for less than 10 hours weekly, and the experimental group consisted of women who wore heels for a minimum of 40 hours weekly at at least two years. The experimental group was told to walk down a walkway barefoot and in heels, while the control group walked down barefoot as cameras recorded their movements to calculate muscle facial lengths. The data showed that wearing heels shortened the length of the medial 
gastrocnemius, that's MG, muscle, vessels in the calf significantly as well as increasing stiffness in the Achilles tendon. The experimental group also demonstrated a larger amount of strain on the muscle facilities or facilities. <laughs> the fascicles. Thank you. Or fascicles. While walking in heels, because of the flexed position the foot is forced into, the researchers were able to estimate that when wearing heels, the estimated fascicle strains were approximately three times higher and the fascicle strain rate was approximately six times higher. Additionally, they were able to conclude that the long-term usage of high heels can increase the risk of injuries such as strain along with discomfort and muscle fatigue. Moving on to bunions. High heel shoes also always have pointed toe boxes which do not fit around the toes but displace them from their natural from their natural position. Wearing high heels shoes is associated with developing bunions, a deformity of the foot. Moving on to balance control of the body. In 2016, scientists from the Department of Physical Therapy in the Samyuk University in Korea conducted a study to examine the effects of increased heel height and gait velocity on balance control. Balance control refers to the ability of the body to maintain itself along the line of the center of gravity within a base of support. This must be achieved with minimal postural sway velocity, which is the horizontal movement of a body trying to maintain balance when standing still. Wearing high heels narrows the base of support that the body has in order to avoid falling and also restricts the area within the body which the body must sway. In this study, the participants were told to wear either a low or high heel and walk at a low and high speed on a treadmill. As a result of this experiment, the researchers were able to conclude that as heel height increased, the sway velocity of the bodies increased, which also modified the position of the knee joint. Muscles have to realign the entire body, especially the hips along the line of gravity. As the height of the body shifted forward, the hips were taken out of alignment and the knee joints experienced stress in order to adjust to the shift. Good stuff. Moving on to postural effects. Spinal column curvature. In a 2016 study from the Samyuk University in Korea, researchers wanted to investigate the effects of high heels on the activation of muscles in the cervical and lumbar portions of the spine, which refers to the neck and lower back. 13 women were recruited to walk down a walkway in three different testing conditions barefoot in four centimeter heels and in 10 centimeter heels surface electrodes were placed on the muscle mass of the woman's spines as well as their feet to measure the electrical activity of muscles at different points of movement the results of the study indicated an increase in both cervical and lumbar muscle activation as heel height increased 
The cervical spine, the neck, assists in maintaining head stability and postural control in the body. The usage of high heels shifts the body's center of mass, which forces the spine to adjust itself in order to maintain balance. The researchers mentioned that over time, these results would increase local muscle fatigue and that could lead to muscle swelling, decreased muscle movement, and even tissue deformation. Last but not least, vein swelling. Further research reveals that another possible consequence of wearing high heels is an increase of pressure in one's veins. Experiments have proven that the higher the heel, the higher the venous pressure in the leg. This means that after repeated use of high heels, varicose veins and other undesirable symptoms are much more likely to appear in the legs. Other research supports that these two claims when arguing that wearing high heels can lead to numerous long-term effects, including accidental trauma to multiple areas of the body. Now we're about to go into the Bible. So if you're still here, please stay tuned. So let me first start with saying this. Paul said in the Bible that all things are lawful, but all things edify not. And all things are lawful, but he will not be brought under the control of any. Now there's two different statements that are being made here. And um, in a another in another translation it says all things are lawful but not all things are helpful so yes we have freedom to make our own choices but not all of our choices are helpful the bible says everything that we're doing We should do it in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach. We should do it so that it brings glory to Yahusha HaMashiach. Whatever we do should be edifying someone else. When women wear high heels, because I'm not even go, going to the men anymore. When we wear high heels, what are we telling people? Is what and, and, and the Bible says everything that we're doing should be done to edify. So... Are, are, what, what are we showing them about Yahuwah? Or is it just about ourselves? And if it's about ourselves, what are we telling people? Because based on the history of heels, when it became popular with women, it was courtesans that were wearing them first. And we know what courtesans are. Those were lower class women. Women that were selling themselves. Are we selling ourselves today? Is that what we're doing? What is the message that we're trying to send out there? I mean, the world has repackaged heels and made it seem like it's um, some type of statement. We're saying that women are... Uh, this woman is confident and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But do you really need to wear heels to show that you're a confident woman? I mean, shaping up my character alone should speak for who I am. 
I can give off a confident aura without, if we're going to even use aura right here, but I can give off that sort of feeling and, and I can have that countenance without heels. So what is the purpose? Because people who serve Yahuwah should be purposeful. We should not be vain. The Bible says, learn not the way of the heathen. And based on all that I've, I've been seeing here, when I've been going through all of these researches about these things, all of these are what the heathen were doing. What the heathen found pleasurable. What the heathen deemed as beauty. What the heathen deemed as the things that represented their value. Because at all times, it always comes back down to two sets of people. The lower class people and the upper class people. Let me say this. In the kingdom of heaven, there is no class. Classes are decided in this world by money. And the love of money is the root of all evil. So if, we're, if the people in the world were wearing these things just to show off their rank and wealth and status, that is not of Kodeshim. We are set apart. We don't need to show off anything. Yahuwah says that he will beautify the meek with salvation. We don't need to do anything. He will cause our face to shine. He says, if we humble ourselves, we will be exalted. It's not an if, it's not an option. If we humble ourselves, it is a must that we will be exalted in due time. So if, if, if that's what we're really doing this for, then it need not be done. Furthermore, Yahusha says that we should instead seek after spiritual things. In 1 Peter 3 verses 3 to 4, it talks about woman. It says, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek again and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of Elohim of great price. You hear what is of great price to Elohim? A meek and quiet spirit, which the world is fighting against. The world is telling women that they don't need to be meek and quiet anymore. Enough of that. That has been going on for too long. That's what they're saying. And we know this and we ignore what's going on out there because what we because of what we want to do. They're telling women now that it's time for them to show up and, 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 and come to the front line. They're telling women that they need to speak up. They need to be loud and, and, they, and they worship these types of people. They, they, they praise the women that are vocal. 
The more you show up yourself is the more you get praised in this world. Which simply means that it is against what Yahusha told us to do. Because whatever the world loves is what Yahuwah hates. And I'm going to show you this in the Bible. Let me read this here from Luke 16. I'm reading from 13 to 15. It says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. He cannot serve Elohim and Mammon. And the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but Elohim know it your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of Elohim. So there you have it. Whatever the world loves and praises and deems as right, is actually against Elohim because the world is not ruled by Elohim. The world hates Elohim. The world is ruled currently by the prince of the air. The system of this world is designed by him. So the things that are highly esteemed are directly against what we believe. So the things that are seen as commonplace here that seems to bring no harm to us are actually abominations unto Yahuwah. You know, you can go around this and say that I didn't see a specific verse in the Bible that says heels are an abomination, but do I have to? Really? You can do whatever you want. As the Bible says here, ye are they which justify yourselves before men. If you want to go on justifying yourselves with men and blending in with the world, that's your thing. You know, I'm not going to do it. Whatever is not the thing here, that's what I'm into. You know, the thing that's not popular, that's what I'm into. Because there's a reason why it's not popular. So, we need to reanalyze the reasons why we do the things we do. We need to understand that things that honor Yahuwah is mostly unpopular in this world and people will try to deceive you the Bible says there are blind guides leading the blind he says let them alone both of them will fall into a ditch he says they will keep on they neither know what they say or what they affirm. And they will keep on 
deceiving others and being deceived do we want to continue to be deceived just because of our evil desires because when we get mad about this information you know that's what we do we get mad and we reject this information and then we go to our friends and we go to our family members and we go to our if we are part of a congregation we go to our congregation and we tell them that it's okay we have no information we have no proof that it's okay and some of us will go as far as saying oh the holy spirit told me that it was okay y'all know that ain't true you alone getting that message whoa that ain't true so we need to be sober and vigilant over our own souls Isaiah 43 verses 7 says even everyone that is called by my name for I have created him for my glory I have formed him Yea, I have made him. Romans 12 verses 1 to 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Elohim, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto Elohim, which is your reasonable service. That's all that he's asking. Y'all don't need to pretty up yourselves more than what you are. He thinks you're beautiful already. Just, just present your bodies you know, as they are, without the additions, you know, <laughs> without bo- boosting your height. I mean, he's okay with your height. He made you that short. What's the problem? Um, what? Society doesn't like your height? Well, good for them. They can't make a hair black or white. We should look to the one that loves us the most, loves us unconditionally. At all times. People don't love you all the time. People will change. People will fail you. But Yahuwah will never fail you. And Yahusha will keep on making intercession for us. So let us look into the reasons why we do things. The Bible says, why spend your money on that which is not bread? And labor for things which satisfy it not. So, why are we spending our money on these things that actually hurt us instead of helping us? Did Yahuwah ask us to hurt ourselves? Why are we hurting ourselves? Why are we allowing the enemy to deceive us? He doesn't like us. Remember this. He all only wants us to die. To be destroyed forever. Yahuwah is the only one looking out for us right now. So, please consider these things. Until next time. To check out more or to contact me, you can reach me at Wattpad at Kaleidoscope the Pen or on WordPress at Little Kaleidoscope Girl or on Telegram at Kodeshim Royale or you can email me at Little Kaleidoscope Girl at gmail.com.
www.thepodcastmom.com. Thank you and until next time.